All right, ready? Yep. All right, let's do it. Welcome. welcome. Oh, we talked over each other. You want to do it again? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Oopsie. Onomas. Wait. Welcome to the Underplayed. You two are so awkward. I'm I know. sorry. To the Underplayed Serenade we're trying, podcast. Try not to talk over each other. It. Yeah, I know. I don't wish. I, I'm not. I'm happy I can't see it. Um, okay. This is episode 15. You know what we did last week? We rebranded. We did. So now we're the Underplayed Serenade. We are. Tell your friends. And your family. And, and your, your dogs. dogs. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> And people who aren't your friends as well. Oh my! I'm sorry. That was just a cool thing that just happened. I don't know you. It's because Keaton that. and I have the same brain waves he did, he every now that, and then. I caught it. You guys did it at the same time. <laughs> I was worried about clipping though. Of course you are. You're an audio engineer. I hear this the fuzz in my headsets and I get scared. <laughs> yes, but we heard the funny. <laughs> he I heard the funny too. He has nightmares about that fuzz. <sighs> a whole episode this time. Yes. We got a little. You guys got a treat last week. That episode was not on the books. No. Where we did Sheila E. Sheila E. Sheila E. What about Sheila F? Well, she's the next episode. Okay. <laughs> going alphabetically. <laughs> Today, we're going the route of telling you about an artist that we think needs a heck of a lot more attention. His name is Theo Katzman. He's Ow. from Michigan. Lived in Brooklyn a while. I don't know if he's from Brooklyn now or if he's in Brooklyn anymore. Tracy may know. He's he he's in Los Angeles right now. Yep. Oh. And I'll tell you something funny about this guy. Uh, interesting. Okay. As far ready. as how I discovered him and another band we had on. So uh, Theo Katzman was in a band called Wolfpack. And then some of the members of that band were in another band that Emily Berman was in of Winchester's. These are Michigan people, people who grew up in Michigan, and that's how I found out about them, because I did spend a fair bit of time in Michigan. So that's the weird connection between the artists we're doing today, Theo Katzman, and the Winchesters that we did a few episodes back. Oh, I see. That's interesting. Okay. Hmm. They were not in a band together that I know of. Right. I know they're friends. But they shared common band members they, at They shared common band members. Times. Yep. Gotcha. Did you ever know him? No. Did not know that Theo cat. See what I did there? Meow. That Theo cat. Meow. That you're, cat. You're going to do that every time we say his name, aren't you? I want to, but I don't <laughs> know if I should. <laughs> yes! Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Dang. I don't have a cat one. I need to have a cat one. But anyway, okay. So let's go ahead and dive in. The song is called Hard For You. We did go through a lot of his songs. The The guy has some amazing music. You all gotta go check it out. Just like, the, it's it's huge and it's big and it covers lots of years. He's been he doing this He has several a, albums. Yeah. This is off of his first album, Romance Without Finance. Romance Without Finance. Oh, and we usually do this. This is kind of fun. He walks like a soldier Straight talker, a gold car, heavy spender. Got a budget and a basket of things to see. That's Theo. That's him. That's we let the artist introduce themselves. That's the boy. In a solo style. Alright, let's check this song out. This is called Hard for You by Theo Katzman off of the album Romance Without Finance. Rolled the Ting. Which came out in twenty eleven. Oh, we're not rolling the ting yet. And now we go and listen to the song. Come with me. First verse. I love that rhythm section. That boom, 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 boom. The, the bass guitar and the kick are right where I like them. You do have a preference for rhythms and basses being one I love together. when a bass player and a drummer know each other. I don't know who these 
guys are that actually played on this album. It could be a guy named Joe Dart, who's an amazing bass player, but, but they probably know it may not be. Uh, I know they're friends, but yeah, I mean, his voice is good. I hear a lot in his voice. Sometimes I hear like a wee bit of Bruno Mars. I was just thinking that. Sometimes I hear some Jeff Buckley and you got to listen to some of the other songs to, to hear that. And he's been, he's been compared to Jeff Buckley by several people. Yep. Okay. Let's carry on with this. Got anything to say, Trace? No. You've been quiet over there. Okay. <laughs> makes you feel older, cheers me up this it makes is. me want to smile it's an up song it's so catchy it yeah. is all of his songs are like that a lot of jazz influence in this song in the like structure yeah that guitar and the well just the chord structure i mean yeah song and not much of that if any was his falsetto because the dude has a naturally that's just he's his got a, he's got a very tenor voice yep yep for sure i was trying to figure out who all is performing mm-hmm. on that album it's not 
100% clear. I'm pretty sure that Devin Kerr is the percussionist. They have someone listed as playing the Fender bass on track two, eight, and nine, and this is track three. So, Who is that, Joe Dart? Yeah, Joe Dart. Yeah. yeah, again, this is track three, and they don't have anything listed for track three. Um, then can we assume it might be Theo? Because he is a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, yeah, Theo plays the drums, totally he plays the bass, be. he plays the guitar, he sings. And they have someone playing the Rhodes, but again, that's on some other tracks. This may be all Theo Katzman himself and a percussionist, you know, and... Then this is a great song to pick to show off yeah. his talents. Yeah, for sure he wrote it. Yes. He wrote all the lyrics and the music. The music video is hilarious. The music video is super cute. It was released a year it after. It made me laugh out loud, so. That is true. It yeah. literally made her LOL. It did. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> I really love the song. I love the groove of it. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying earlier, the bass and the drum. They, that tight rhythm section. They are one in one perfectly. One in one. It's got a lot of different inspirations to it. He was inspired by a lot of different genres growing up. I think he He studied jazz. He grew up listening to classic rock, but then his influences, he said, were soul, R&B, funk, and folk. So he writes the parts for the guitar, the bass, the drum, and the keyboards. He writes all of that. Nice. Yeah. I love how he combines, like, folk and, like, jazz and, like, all of that in the instrumentation. Like, you could choose an element, or you could choose each instrument in, like... Trace it back to like an original genre and it all comes together into like this beautiful um, arrangement. Yeah, his stuff is super fun too. Uh, it is. That's what I liked the most about this song is it was just uplifting and easy to listen to. Like Easy listening. Yeah, I enjoyed listening to that when I was in the kitchen, you know, fixing lunch. It's good listening. He's got a song called, uh, What Did You Mean When You Said Love? That's another one that's that got really popular by Theo that I think is a really good, fun And that's listen. a newer release? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's newer than this one. This is 20-something 11, maybe? I do. I'm interested to see how he plays live. Like, real live, not edited live. On his YouTube channel, he has live, quote, live performances, but he still edits them, probably. So I want to see what he's actually like. Live, live, not just live. Can the guy do it live is what you're wondering. Yes. Okay. Let's Welcome find to out. the underplayed segment, underplayed serenade segment of can he play live? Here's a quickie, uh, Theo Katzman doing the same song we just heard live. That's a rough recording. Very crunchy recording. <laughs> I wonder if there's a better one. Well, from just that, I can tell that his voice is still there. He still can sing. Here's one. Sounds good. Yeah, he sounds really good. And and just a, a, an item of note, uh, that is Joe Dart playing bass on this particular version. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Theo's really got a band. I think he's got a group of people, and like he records with some, and then whoever's available when he tours, he takes them. Sure. And he's doing a tour this year. Ooh, of, is he uh, to Europe. Yet? No, 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 no. It's Europe. He's going to be in France, Germany, France, um, the UK. He's going to be all over the place over there for 2023. Ireland. I didn't see Ireland. Oh, okay. See if my ancestors might want to catch him. A couple of just fun facts. His dad was a jazz trumpet player for the Tonight Show band. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. And he has just this year also announced he has a record label called 10 Good Songs. Okay. That's he his, has it or he, he was signed to it? No, he has okay. created his own. He has actually been producing. He has produced about 20 different artists' albums. Mm-hmm. But I think he must have just done that on yeah. the side, I guess. I don't know. But he has officially now announced his own record label called 
10 good songs. Nice. Now, does he only release 10 songs ever? Your The albums have to have 10 songs, I, I, maybe. I don't think they do because I looked at his album for 2023 and I don't think it has 10. Yeah. That's actually the, just the typical when an artist sits down and is like, yeah. well, I'm going to make an album. I need good 10 songs. good songs. Right. Yeah. That's I need probably 10 good where songs. it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. It's your average because any less than 10, you're kind of getting into EP territory. You know, like remember when I feel like I bring up Bruno Mars a lot, but when he released his last album, not his last one before it, uh, uh, 24 Karat Magic. But anyway, when he released that, everybody was like, eight songs. That's not very much. I think the official definition is seven songs or less is an EP. Yeah. But yeah. actual definitions in people's minds is scattered. Well, these days, it's just so different. Well, now artists don't even do albums. Yeah. A lot of them. They just do releases. They do singles. I hate that. I love oh. the concept of an album and a journey. But man, that might just be getting dated now. Yeah. I mean, I that might not so. be a thing anymore. I also, I appreciate the artwork that goes along with it. All of the stuff yeah. that goes, I miss album covers and, and all of that. Another thing is an album is a snapshot of where the artist was at a particular, usually at a particular point in time. Why are you guys talking about albums like they don't exist anymore? No, no. Well, they're they're just not released the same way. They're endangered species now. I don't think so. I people are they? still no, definitely not. But the going advice for young musicians now, like CD Baby has a podcast out where they give advice, and they are like, you know, we all love albums, but actually, the best thing for you to do as a young artist and to get your name out there and to keep your name out there is release smaller bits more frequently. Mm, that's true gotcha. because if if you release an album to no one, that, I mean, that's the strategy I try to do with my music. I release mm-hmm. a bunch of singles, and I'm I'm gonna keep releasing singles and small EPs until I have a fan base to actually receive an album, or else the album will fail and not be successful. Absolutely, right. yeah. yeah, that's a good yes. strategy. Yes. But we encourage all of the young musicians is once you get a good following, start making albums See, again. No, yeah, that's the like good your advice. forefathers did. Yes. <laughs> you can't just release an album because it's a big effort for no one to it hear. It is a big effort. Okay, I have a new topic. Do <laughs> yes. we need a new topic? <laughs> we just listened to a song called Hard For You by Theo Katzman. Does anybody want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about the lyrics. I heard the song several times. I looked at the lyrics and then I watched the video and the video makes the meaning of the song very apparent. It's a very cute. The meaning of the song, it's going to be hard for you basically once I'm gone because I'm breaking up. Yeah, they've broken up. This is a song about a, a breakup. They've already broken up. He's saying, you let me go. Like you sent me away. You broke up with me, but you're going to miss me. That's yeah. what he's saying. You're going to miss me. Okay. In the video, this girl is trying to go about her business throughout the day, and he keeps popping up in every poster, in every mirror, in every... Advertisement. Yeah, advertise, all of it. It's super funny. And even at the very end, it's got like a surprise pop-up again. Very cute. Nice. Uh, but the idea is, you broke up with me, but you're going to miss me. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. The, yeah. I'm proud of myself because I actually, that's kind of what I thought. I like this. It says, it's going to be hard for you when I'm there, like a ghost haunting your headphones passing through, through the, the air. air. Yep. I love that. I heard that. Super cute. Is it cute or stalker-ish? <laughs> <laughs> well, true. Well, you know. But it's such a up tempo and it doesn't sound like a negative bitter song it doesn't sound like a sad breakup song a bitter breakup song it's cute you could easily take those lyrics and put it on a sad track and it would make just as much sense which is cool yeah Yeah, that is very cool i like his attitude his videos are very very interesting Mm -hmm. just for the listeners check out brooklyn it's a cute video. Mm-hmm. He gets people on the street to be like lip syncing and dancing with him for this video. Brooklyn is pretty neat to watch. He's a little bit awkward too. Well, I he feel like little... he's a, a, a person <laughs> who he's doesn't. One of us. Yes. I feel like he's a person who doesn't want to take himself too seriously. Yes. You know? No one should take themselves too seriously. Yes. That's a good lesson for everybody. Yeah, Don't take yourself sure. so seriously. Quote me on that. Put on a shirt. Uh, actually, someone else told me that. Dang it. I can't quote you on it. I said it a different way though. All right, so we're going. We're done with that one. Yeah, we're going to move on. <laughs> In case we didn't say it, go check out Theo Katzman. Check out this album, Romance Without Finance. It's old, but check out some of his new stuff, too. The guy is just an amazing songwriter, amazing artist. He's got some great songs. Yes. We just had to pick one. Yep. 
That was a hard. All right. For you. Okay. Uh, Do you know my excitement level? Uh, your excitement. Of our next art. Oh artist? yeah, I'm sure it's through the roof. It is through. Should the we roof. just? Okay. So let me, We're let me say hang this. hang up our headphones and just go upstairs and watch TV. No, no. But I will say this. I, I say, oh, they're in my top 10. They're in my top oh, five. Gosh, here we go okay. again. You can't say top five more than five times. I, okay. <laughs> I don't know who all I've said that about, except that <laughs> I do know we've one. said, okay, we've said uh, Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter. Right, right, right. Amy Grant, because I grew up with Amy Grant and singing, not with her personally, I grew up singing her songs Imagine. in church. That's that's what I sang. Right. And okay, our next artist is next in line because her voice is so brilliant. So she's number two. She's number three. Three. Yeah. Good. Oh, uh, Karen, Karen Carpenter, Carpenter, Amy, Amy Grant, Grant, Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt. We're, we're filling out Tracy's roster here. She, this her dream team Linda Ronstadt, she's been around since the late 60s, early 70s. I discovered her in the 80s, around end of middle school, beginning of high school. And she's another person who I had all of her cassette tapes in my car, and I blast and sing. And it's just, it's a wonderful memory for me, so I'm very excited. Okay, so the name of the song that we're going to hear is called Still Within the Sound of My Voice from the album Cry Like a Rainstorm, Howl Like the Wind by Linda Rodstadt. Are you on your own? Are you having fun? Is there someone to hold when you need it bad? Is it uncontrolled like the love we have? Okay, so what's going on there? First of all, that voice. Her voice. Her voice is one of the best voices in radio recording ever, in my personal opinion. Sorry. Wow. That's saying yeah. a lot because we got Karen out there, Karen Carpenter. We got. Yeah, she's up there in my book. She's up there with Karen and Whitney Houston and Celine Dion. Linda Ronstadt is absolutely is in the very, very top echelon with Dolly Parton and nice. Barbara Streisand. She's amazing. And she sings absolutely everything, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. She yeah. does a lot of really cool covers, yeah. I think, doesn't she? Yes. We're going to talk okay. about that too. Yeah. All right. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that was the first part. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and notice the orchestration in this song. The uh, orchestration is already. big and beautiful and just beautiful. Love it. I backed it up quite a bit because I want to hear again, and I hope I backed it up enough. I want to hear the drums and bass come in again. Yeah. Because it's, that it's was fantastic. so cool. It's so good. For a rhythm section mm-hmm. fan, that is cool. Check this out. Is it uncontrolled like the love we have? Does the day go That's, yeah, it's just a great drum entrance. Yeah. You're about to get her power here. I'm ready, I think. You're not. She has so much power. That was pretty amazing. In the dead of night, do you hear me call? Something's not quite right. No one's there at all. Did you make a mistake? Was it in your head? 
Okay, so we're stopping this song twice. This yeah. must be good because I got a lot to say. I have noticed that, like, so a lot of our artists we talk about, ooh, he's got that real trite, trite, tight vibrato on his voice. Right. Or this guy's, this girl's got like a really l- l- slow rolling vibrato. Linda is. Hers is perfect. Well, what I was going to say yeah, is she sorry. is controlling her vibrato. Sometimes Absolutely. it's tight and fast, sometimes it's loose and, and, and long, for lack of a better yeah. expression. I think she wins the vibrato she race. She is, yeah, she, she would win the vibrato race. But, uh, she is not only doesn't what I'm saying is oftentimes we talk about artists in terms of what is their vibrato like mm-hmm. hers is variable. She can control it. Yes. And, and part of that is I have talked about this a whole bunch in the past. Okay. About that breath support. Linda Rodstadt has it in spades. She has the most. She, has these super long phrases mm-hmm. and she is all full voice. There is no falsetto in there. There's yeah. no head voice in there. There's no airy, breathy. She mm-hmm. can do that. Yeah. Uh, when you hear other songs, she can do that beautifully. But she has so much power from her diaphragm. It's it's crazy to me. It comes out this big, full powerful, round, and with a ton of control, like you're yeah. talking about. She can control her vibrato. She can control her tone. All oh, yeah. Of it. She's she's right on pitch, oh, too. And I know beautiful. What, what year did this album come out? This album came out in 89. 89. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think autotune existed, but it wasn't super she need it. much I promise you, used. I've heard yeah. her in a zillion different yeah. live no, things. No, I believe it. She would She's never need any She's one of those people that just didn't need, like Karen Carpenter. Right. She can go in and do it in one take, I'm sure. Oh, gosh. Super quick, before we go right back into it, I want y'all to notice all of the key changes in this song. Oh. This song is back and forth, back and forth, and it gives it so much interest in and this it's, song. It's also, again, another challenge for the vocalist. Like any mm-hmm. key change is just like another sharp curve in the road for a vocalist. Yeah. Her range, she has no limit to her range. She right. can sing mezzo-soprano. She can sing very full alto. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. But what I've noticed being mm-hmm. a studio guy is I have people come in here and sing, and they are perfect on pitch. They're great. They're right on key. Then the key changes in the song, and they go off. Right. And so that, like I said, that's that just another skill that she's got. Right. Right. All right. Let's All right. let's carry on here. I'll I'll back it up a wee like I do. A wee. All one phrase right there. Just to have you so near, there's a place for you here. If you're still within the sound of my voice. I love the way that bass is mixed in. You can hear it, but it's not overpowering. The trumpet there is gorgeous. around the circle of we're all, all in our power poses yeah electric piano in the background yes 
Amen. And now yeah. you know why I chose this song. Uh, I do. It's just gorgeous. Ooh, that is truly a masterpiece. Yeah. And okay, so just up front, I'm going to say, I'm going to try to keep all the information about A, the song, and B, the artist, down to a minimum. Because there's so much information about Linda Rodenstadt. There's a lot of information about this song and this album, but I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum. I do want to hear yeah. what the information about that whole disease thing. That oh, is- that she has Parkinson's. She retired in 2011. And it's interesting because I watched a documentary about her life. And in the documentary, she mentioned that her grandmother had Parkinson's. She now has Parkinson's. However, I found in another interview that she said she actually has progressive supranuclear palsy, which is hmm. similar to Parkinson's and often gets misdiagnosed as Parkinson's at first, but as it progresses, it progresses a little differently. And actually, is it a better prognosis no, than Parkinson's? No, or worse? it's not. It's not. It's, okay. it's about it's about the same, about the same. like six to ten years from diagnosis okay. is the lifespan expectancy. Mm-hmm. But it does affect all those motor skills and things. But it specifically also affects your voice. And that is why she retired. That's, yeah. That's terrible. That's what happened. She had to retire because she wasn't able to sing because of this. And that's just the worst. I want to say, you know, like what this brings out to me, Mm -hmm. what what this makes me think of is my dad. Right. He was, if there's one thing I was most proud of my dad, it was his intelligence. He was so incredibly smart. And dementia ended up being what took him. And I just think that it's like yeah, that's a punishment tough. almost, you know? Yeah, that's tough. You don't want to think about the, like, yeah. Your one thing, right. you know, like the right. guitar player who gets his hand cut off or something. It's right. just like, ah. Uh. I can't imagine what she feels about all of this. All I know is I've seen her in some interviews since her diagnosis. Mm-hmm. She's a really positive person she's kind of laid back i don't know what her inner turmoil is with that but she doesn't talk bitterly about it Mm. that i have seen that's good yeah that is good all right so uh this song is actually this is so exciting i almost want to do like a drum roll okay i know yes there it is This song is a cover, and we're going to talk about her covers in a minute, but this is a cover of another artist who we've already talked about. We've already done another song that was a cover of his song. This Uh is a song by Glenn Campbell, just like Wichita Lineman. Yes. Nice. Yes. So I I gotta say, I didn't grow up being a Glenn Campbell fan. I right. I was not a early country music fan, but he has some of the best songs, and I think I've nailed down why. This song was written by Jimmy Webb, and I have some information about Jimmy Webb. Jimmy Webb also wrote Wichita Lineman. Oh, he's one. He's Interesting. One of the he's that guy. Okay. He's that guy. Look up our episode on the Unplaced Sarah Night. You can go back, and we did an episode on Wichita Lineman, By, and we went over, you know, who Glenn Glenn Campbell is and the original song. You can hear yeah. that original song. But in I that do want to say, too. during our game show episode, nobody could remember his name. That's it's true. probably the longest part of that game it show. Was, the longest was. question was, "What the heck is this dude's name?" That episode was when we covered a boy named, no, a girl named Tom. Sorry, a girl. Yeah. A girl named, a girl Tom. named Tom. Yeah. I that was one that. of our very first episodes within the first five, I think. It was, it was within the first five. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So go check that out if you are a good person. Yep. <laughs> You're interested in hearing us fail. Gosh. But no, that actually, uh, that actually is a really good episode. It is a great episode. That's yeah. when we started. started I, like getting the, I like that one. Yeah. That's kind of when we started sort of figuring out 
what we're doing with our life. Jimmy Webb wrote that song, wrote this song, Still Within the Sound of My Voice. He wrote it for Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell released it in 1987 on his album, which was also titled Still Within the Sound of My Voice. So it was the title track. That song actually reached number five on the Billboard Hot Country Singles chart. So it was a good hit. For what year? Do you know? In 1987. But then this is so odd and strange to me, but Linda Ronstadt covered it only two years later in 1989 on her album. So that was only two years different. She's like, oh no, I got this song. Right. But she put it on her album, Cry Like a Rainstorm, Howl Like the Wind, but she did not release it as a single. That's why it's underplayed. She didn't release it. But this album... Cry Like a Rainstorm, How Like a Wind was a huge hit. And it has some big hits on it. She did a couple of duets with Aaron Neville. Oh yeah, I, he's he's on mm, a lot of these on that album. He's on four of her tracks on that album. And two of them, I Don't Know Much. Don't Know Much. Yeah, that one. That's the one. That's, that's, on, that's on this album. That's how I discovered this song. I bought the cassette tape, of course, because it had a couple of songs that I loved from the radio that were in the top two. I think Don't Know Much hit top two. It was number two on yeah. the Billboard hits. There's another one on there that also was a huge hit. Blue something? Not Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou's old. Oh, okay. Anyways, I bought the cassette tape for that reason. I heard this song and I absolutely just fell in love with it. And the rest is history for me because, well, because then I discovered Linda Ronstadt's voice. And so then I started going back and getting older cassettes that she had out. And I just fell in love with her music and realized there were a lot of songs that I knew. I just didn't know they were by her. And there are a lot of songs that you guys know. I know you just don't know they're yes. by her. Yes. Like her number one hit in 1960, uh, no, 1975, sorry, You're No Good. You're No Good, You're No Good, yeah, yeah. baby, You're No Good. I was good. just yeah. going to say, I had that pulled up, and for, for the younger, you know, any anyone younger than Millennial may not know that song. I don't know. I it's just want to like give a it a little iconic. spin here, yeah. but like they may not know it's Linda Ronstadt. Absolutely. This is the girl. Is that a Tom? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's become just an iconic song all over the place. Can we add this to the collection of songs that have a kick and ride in it? Yeah, that is true. So the, the thing about that song, too, is it is also a cover. It's a cover wow. of a 1963 song by D.D. Warwick. Um, and Not Dion. Not Dion. Okay. D.D. That's really what Linda Ronstadt did best. I mean, it's what she did most, even, it seems. She does have some original... She didn't write music herself. That's what I was going to ask. So it's like... She was not a singer-songwriter. She's not a songwriter. She's not a songwriter. She's a vocalist. Right. Kind of like Art Garfunkel. There you go. And she did have some original songs that she recorded that were big hits that people wrote for her. Okay, and especially a lot of these songs that she did duets with. She also did a. This was a big hit, "Somewhere Out There" with James Ingram. That was a huge uh, hit in uh, 1987. Also, is that the "Somewhere Out There"? Yeah, "American Tale," the American Tale, the Little Mouse Fifle. You have to have seen the movie, but. That song was a huge hit, um, and it was a duet. But she has, so she does have some original. But really, she was known for hearing songs from other groups and stealing them. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, Blue and Bayou. Making them better. And making yeah. them better. No <laughs> kidding. That's awesome. No kidding. Blue Bayou was one of her huge hits. Uh, it was a number three hit in 1977. Wow. It was a Roy Orbison song from 1963. This is gorgeous. This is big power, too. I remember this, yeah. And it's another one I didn't know was her. That's right. You know what? There's a ton of those. All right. You don't want to go to the go to the chorus. Can you okay. go to the chorus just for a second? Here you go. I'm going back That's it. That little clip right there, that made her. Tracy, can yes. I ask, can I ask a question? Okay, so you compared Linda Ronstadt. You you put her in the upper echelon. Yes. With names like Dolly Parton. Yes. And like all Karen those people. Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter. Did she like know those Bob people? Dylan. Did she ever like collaborate with anybody? She collaborated with a lot of people, including Dolly Parton. Actually, she was in a group that they formed. They called themselves the Trio. That was the group name. That was the group name. The and Trio. The Trio, and it was Dolly Parton, Linda Rodstadt, and Emmy Lou Harris, who was also a '70s folk singer. That's a lineup right there. They are amazing. I don't want to talk too much about them because I think we're going to cover them in a future episode because their music is just drop dead gorgeous. You have three amazing voices there and they collaborated for two albums. So going back to her covers, that is what she did amazingly well, so much so that artists were, they weren't mad at her. They were, like, thrilled. She did another song, and, and right now off the top of my head, I can't remember, The the Eagles. Actually, she Ooh. toured with two of the guys from The Eagles before they were The Eagles, and that's how the band The Eagles formed. She had two of them traveling with her, the guitarists, I think the two guitarists, and they started writing songs together, and so they went off on their own and formed the group, the Eagles, those oh, two guys. But they wrote a song, and it got no traction at all, no interest. She turned around and, and sang it, and it was a huge hit. Which song was that? Hold on. I knew you were going to ask. The Eagles back when they were chicklets. Before the Eagles hatched. Exactly. I'm glad you got the joke. Tracy's over there doing research as per yeah. Yeah. I just looked at the weather radar. There's a big old storm coming. Ooh. Maybe we should unplug. All Desperado. This. Oh. Desperado. Yeah, it was Desperado, which well, is a gorgeous song. I wouldn't say that was not a hit by the It was Eagles. not a big hit for them at the time. Oh. She made it a hit. What counts hmm. as a hit? I just remember when I saw the Eagles live, crowd went wild. Right. But I think what happened, I think it was a weird thing. I think she made the song famous, but then they came back uh, and it, performed it, yeah, it like because they wrote it. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, your heart was I know that you got your reasons These things that are pleasing you Will hurt you somehow Yeah, so great song. All right, so we have a lot of information still. I want to try to go through it really fast because I know it's a lot. I do want to go back to Jimmy Webb, the writer of this particular song. Jimmy Webb was an American songwriter, composer, singer. He achieved success at an early age. He won a Grammy for Song of the Year when he was 21. Oh, my gosh. That song. What took him so long? Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) He wrote a song you guys know, Up, Up and Away. In My Beautiful Balloon by The Five Dimensions, you know, up, up and away Mm -hmm. in my beautiful... Yeah, yeah, Yes, right. 
He wrote that and won Song of the Year. He wrote for Glenn Campbell, Michael Feinstein, Linda Rostat, The Fifth Dimensions, The Supremes, Art Garfunkel, Richard Harris. He did amazing stuff. I think that is why this is a beautiful song to begin with. Um, he writes beautiful chord structures to songs at, with beautiful key changes, songs that we love. So you start there. But then we have Linda Ronstadt, who has so many awards, it's hard to list them all. Yeah. First of all, she sings every kind of music out there. She did every genre. She sang rock, country. She sang opera. Uh, She sang Americana, folk, Latin music. She sang all of that. She earned 11 Grammys, three American Music Awards, two Academy of Country Music Awards, an Emmy Award. She won an American Latino Media Arts Award. Most of her albums were gold or platinum or multi-platinum. She was nominated for a Tony Award and a Golden Globe Award. She received a Latin Grammy Lifetime Achievement, Latin Recording Academy. She is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she was honored at the Kennedy Center Honors. Do you, think, uh, do you think in her house she has like a hallway of achievements? She just has like a, a bunch whole of trophies room. She, and a bunch a, a of A hallway like, doesn't contain it. She's got to yeah. have a whole room. Whole room. <laughs> she room. released 24 studio albums, 15 oh compilation or greatest hits. She charted 38 U.S. Billboard Hot 100 singles. 21 of those singles reached the top 40, 10 reached the top 10, and You're No Good reached number one. Dang. Yep. Who wrote You're No Good? That's a cover of that D.D. Warwick. Oh, that's right. That's right. In 1963. I don't know the actual writer of the song. She did collaborations with Bette Midler, Frank Zappa, Rosemary Clooney, Neil Young, Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Johnny Cash. Uh, the Cash Man. Yeah. All kinds. So she is just on her own, a force of nature with an amazing voice. And that is why she is my number three. Wow. I can't wait till we get to your number four. I, <laughs> Who's that? I think, I think like. You may have assigned that one out already. I think Celine no. and Whitney kind of. Oh. Whitney get Houston. In there. Yeah, yeah. Celine Dion. What about, uh, what's her face? Oh, gosh. Those fill out my top five. Okay. That, that is that my top, like five. top five. It is. Okay. But that doesn't include bands. Bands are in another section. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Queen. So. Last but not least, maybe, I think. Anything else y'all want to talk about? I don't have anything. I'm just here for the vibes. Yeah. So <laughs> what the song's about, it's about a love who's far away, a love yeah. lost and far yeah, away. Yeah, I was thinking far away as far as time, like an yes. ex who she hadn't yes. seen in a long time. Yes, an ex that she hasn't seen in a long time. That's okay. exactly what I get. I would say just listen to the words or, or look up the words. The words to this song by Jimmy Webb are just beautiful. They're striking. I, I love the bridge. I think the bridge is my favorite. I'm calling like the echo of a passing train that cries one last time before it fades into the distant hill and dies. I'm sending out a message like a ship out on the sea in distress, but only you can send a lifeline out to me. Love. And that's the biggest build in the song, too. So just a beautiful section. Let's let's have a little treat. Okay. Y'all want to have a treat? Sure. We always like treats. That's true. This is the Glenn Campbell version, isn't it? Yeah. Where have you gone, my I'm telling you, it was a great song to begin with. Like yeah. Wichita Lineman, they didn't have to change it much. Is there someone to hold when you need it bad? Love that. Yes. Is it uncontrolled like the love we had? Does a day go by? His chord structure is gorgeous. What's he doing with the 80s snare? I was just about to say, that's a chonky snare. In an automobile for a crowded bar. 
Well, I hope you're all right. He named the album after this song. He did. This is the title track. You know, Dad, that's our favorite type of snare right there, too. I know. The harmonies, by the way. That's what Jimmy Webb did. It was amazing. We should have an episode about Jimmy Webb. I told you there's a storm coming. Anyway, that's the one Beautiful. that... That's the original yeah. that she did the yeah. cover off. Gosh. Hey, let me let me give you one more amazing <laughs> fact about Linda Ronstadt. You ready? I know. I know. Do it. There's a storm. You ready? Just in ca- okay. Yeah. Yep. By the end of 1978, she had solidified her role as one of rock and rock and pop's most successful solo female acts, and owing to her consistent platinum album success and her ability as the first woman to sell out concerts. In arenas, she oh, was wow. the first woman That's to sell out cool. concerts in that. arenas. Janis Joplin, she was to sell out arenas. Okay, um, she became the highest paid woman in rock That's at so the time. Cool. Now, I'm sure people have come That's along amazing. behind her, but she was a trailblazer. Mm. Yep, That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, so. That is why I asked, could we please cover this song? I love everything about it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And Linda Ronstadt, like, okay, so if you guys hadn't, like, I mean, you got to be young if you don't know who she is. Mm -hmm. If you are young or if you don't know who she is or whatever, go check out Linda Ronstadt. That's what we want you to do on every episode Mm -hmm. is we're just giving you one little, you know, just one song Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is pretty cool. It may not even be their best song. There's different reasons why we choose these Mm -hmm. and it's not always their best song. Sometimes it's a, it's just a, it's a gem, you know, you need to go and check these artists out and, and these songs if you hadn't heard them before. Yeah. I would start with this album, but then spread out because they're all good. They're all good. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Sorry, the power is flickering right now. If you want to keep up with our future episodes, please be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And if you really liked what you heard today, we'd appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and view our show. I love you all. Uh, look, let's peace, go, yeah. peace look, out. Go to social we're, media. Go to social media. We're our about power to, is about to go lose out. power. <laughs> oh, Facebook.com. Facebook. Dot com slash the underplayed the underplayed dot com the underplayed serenade us. the underplayed serenade we love y'all Dave 